Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode. I am Jennifer Regular. I'm a soul-centered empowerment coach at Lighting the Path and also the host of Wise Women Wednesdays. Today, I'm here from a lady in from Tilsonburg, Ontario in Canada. This is Virginia White. Welcome, Virginia. Welcome. It's wonderful that you're here and visiting with us. I will uh, share with the audience a little bit about you. Virginia White comes from a maternal tradition of metaphysical gifts and interests. Throughout her life, spiritual awareness, creativity, and the science of consciousness are underlying and unifying themes. While pursuing careers in education, business, and design, she was also developing as an astrologer, a psychic artist, channel, counselor, and intuitive. There, she found her true calling. Now, readings, workshops, development circles, and mentoring are offered at centers throughout Ontario, as well as right in her home. Inspired by mentors and friends who support her development, Virginia strives to support the development of others. Today, she's here to do that with us. She comes with the message to know thyself as a vehicle for discovering your own gifts and potentials. Virginia, you sound like you've had a very interesting life. <laughs> Probably not all. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some trials and tribulations there as well. What do you think were some of the more pivotal moments in your life throughout your spiritual journey? Well, I think because um, when I was growing up, someone who had these kinds of um, interests or facilities, it wasn't always socially acceptable <laughs> mm -hmm. to be intuitive or, um, you know, to sort of express one's interest in things that were not the norm. So I think one of the challenges was to earn a living in the regular world while still exploring and developing my inner interests and finding a way to express them overtly. But I think things are somewhat different now. It's not quite so difficult. And how did you come to know thyself? And how did astrology and intuition and development circles and all that you do now became how did that all become your passion? Well, um, I became interested in astrology, um, but my my mother and other women in her side of the family um, were very um, gifted and intuitive. Um, I had a great aunt who was very involved with the spiritualist movement in Britain. Um, her husband was the Episcopalian minister. Um, so, you know, with, and my mother and her sister were incredible intuitive um they did some extraordinary things so in some ways i grew up in an environment where that was all right but outside of the home it wasn't necessarily all right <laughs> mm. <laughs> is that where you encountered some resistance or how did that show up for you where it wasn't as accepted um i think i just i just learned to pick my places to know when it was appropriate to share and when it might be appropriate to not. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, most of the challenges I think came in developing courage to make a commitment to make this my life's work. 
Yes, and that, that's how I find when we really attune to our soul's calling, our soul's path, and we start to devote our life to what we're most about, don't we? So what would you say that you're most about? Um, I think I'm most about being a part of the whole, being attuned to the field, being in the flow, as Mahalia Chikitsinha explains it. Um, that seems for me at the present because I, everything is a process. It's not a destination. Um, but spiritually, that for me is my home base. Beautiful. And then you discovered your own intuitive gifts. I mean, it was a nice environment for you to be able to develop them, but it came across within from being an astrologer a psychic artist you mentioned. Tell us a little bit about being a psychic artist. Well, what I had, I discovered in part by chance, um, my first degree was in visual arts. And I used to love to do portraiture. And I would often just sit with materials and paper and draw. And what I discovered at, at times where I could have had no knowledge, I was drawing people who were meaningful to the people who were around me, but I had no knowledge of those people. Oh. And often they would have been what a, a spiritualist would say, they were in spirit, the images that were drawn. And so, um, I mean, I, my, my mother said, my first thing was I grabbed the crayon and drew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Before you could walk and talk, you drew. <laughs> <laughs> So um, that that actually, um, you know, and for a period of time, I would work with groups and I would draw portraits that then would be identified by the people in the group and I would just hand them out. Um, but I also discovered if I sat with someone and tuned into their energy and allowed a panoply of colors in front of me, I would be picking colors that were related to their story. Oh. And I call that an aura energy reading. Because if I put the colors down and they would skip all over the page or they would do tight circles or they would do this, um, then information would come that was meaningful to the person with whom I was sitting. And then it became even more of a reading for them and an exchange. Mm -hmm. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it became the way I began my reading because I would ask for permission to enter someone's energy, look at the colors, piece of paper, and away we would go, and we would warm up. <laughs> and then so more and more people started coming to you to have their drawings done for the people in spirit that were around them, for readings. Well, I actually, I was very, I was very involved in astrology too for since the 1970s. And um, I did, so people would come for astrology. Um, the aura energy readings really came somewhat later, but the intuitive art with the drawing of portraits was there for a long time. Ah. But also um, intuitive information would come. And I really got interested in how people could discover their own intuitive ability because we're all intuitive. But how does each person in their own unique way, discover that in themselves. 
and learn how to develop it in a way that's resonant for them. We've and that became a quest. Yes, and it, it, it really is that we each develop in our own ways, and there isn't a package solution. So the, I suppose the nth degree of that is that now I do one-to-one -one mentoring as well as everything else to work with people on an individual basis um, to help them discover their own gifts and how to use them. And what kind of tools or practices or approaches do you use for helping people to discover their own gifts and potentials? Well, certainly um, doing a full astrology native chart. Ah, okay. Because um, that process is wonderful because it really, I think, helps people to see themselves affirmed, but also perhaps to see themselves in an expanded way. And in some respects, it can be quite empowering. And it's because it's so, it's a, a full astrology reading, um, it's quite complex. It also indicates areas in which one can grow, but it also can show gifts and talents as well. And it also can show some challenges. Um, it, I, it's too much to talk about in this time frame. Sure, no, that's a good summary. <laughs> <laughs> But that would be that would be one of the things. Then also, I would we would discover the learning mode. Um, there are three modes: the visual, the auditory, the kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. If you have a better understanding of how you combine those, and which would be your strong suit, you also get a sense. Perhaps if you were to work intuitively, kinesthetically might work well for someone who was a hands-on healer. Okay. Or it would work for someone um, who reads with the body. You know how the brain, the gut, and the heart all are an extended brain. So the information that people who are very kinesthetic often they feel it in their body. Do you ever get goosebumps? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and body shivers too. <laughs> yeah. And some people um, might you know, who's very auditory, might hear a buzz or a bell or a sound that in some ways alerts them that they're getting information in a more subliminal study of it. Mm. As I was growing up, I felt, um, I used to feel the energy and emotions of other people. And mm -hmm. sometimes um, very early on in my early childhood, before I understood about, you know, different psychic and intuitive yeah. abilities and becoming an empath is what it turned out to be that I would see um, something on TV or in person and then get really afraid that that was going to happen to me, not as a hypochondriac kind of way, but just because I could feel what that person was going through, what that character yeah. was going through that appeared real and um, would often take on a lot of energy from other people. And I found for my own intuitive gifts, my dad, although a plumber was clairvoyant, so he, he had a lot of visions and would see yeah. things. And I think some of my ancestral line, um, that there was tea leaf readings that would happen to kind of you know yeah. tucked under because it was in <laughs> you know in the 30s but 1930s and at that yeah. time um but what i found and that was a hard thing to accept until later as i learned to trust it more is claircognizance where i just knew but didn't know how i knew because yeah. they didn't seem to be coming as messages from hearing or um visions that 
most people see when you think of psychic intuitive abilities, yeah. people think that you're seeing um, other things, right? That you have a special sight. Um, but clear cognizance is, is a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Well, it, it is and it isn't. Um, because I think, it, you know, you can also discover, as you might with your auditory, visual, or kinesthetic, you can also discover whether you are predominantly physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. And one of the things I find over time is that people who begin to develop their abilities, working from their strengths, very often, if they are not clairsentient to begin, they're claircognizant, okay? They become so over time. Mm. And it becomes a kind of shorthand. The information I see. Is That's an interesting way to look at it. <laughs> As a shorthand. <laughs> it is, it's a shorthand. And, you know, personally, you know, like it's, um, uh, certainly that is for me, that's probably one of the most common ways. But other things happen, which which make you stop and think about it and, and approach things in, in a different way too. Yeah. Because it's, um, you know, once you begin to develop, things unfold that you couldn't have explained or stressed. Yes. Or imagined. <laughs> <laughs> And you mentioned you do a full astrology reading as well. Because, you know, um, for many people, when they think of astrology, they think of sun signs, right? And horoscopes. And, right. <laughs> and quite often people know what their sun signs are, but there's also a rising sign and your moon sign that also comes into play. And there's a lot of different branches of astrology as well. So um, when you talk about having a full reading, um, what kind of things does, does that encompass? Okay, so if I had all the birth data, which includes the birth time, the birth time allows you to do houses as well. Okay, I won't get into all the, the technical stuff. Um, but I would, what I really do is I develop reports for people, and it's really, an, it's really an astrology lesson at the same time. Um, so we look at where certainly the sun, the moon, and the ascendant is, but we also look at where all the planetary objects are placed including some asteroids. But we would do all the planets, the personal planets up to Jupiter. Jupiter and Saturn are the, what I call the socialization planets. Mm. And then the planets beyond there, which are not visible with the naked eye. They weren't discovered until they had telescopes. Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are really generational, unless they're sensitively placed in someone's chart. And I'll just throw this out there. Someone who has those other planets sensitively placed is often someone who will have abilities that are that of um, of, a, of a higher variety. Probably the best way I could put it. Interesting. So there's really so much insight that you can gain oh, from these readings. Yes, and also if you look at the asteroids, you, there are just you look at um, the qualities and the elements and where what dominates. Um, it gives you, as Young did, Young did a, a chart for his, all his planets. Um, it gives you a sense of introversion and extroversion. Um, it also, by looking at the interaction, planetary energy interactions, which are called aspects, you understand the dynamics of your chart. So it isn't just the bare bones of what each planet might mean and which house it's in, which tells the Earth context in which it operates most strongly. It also is looking to see how those planets interact. 
And some of those things are challenging. Some of those interactions are easy. And the DEX charts have some of both. Because you need to have life not be too difficult, but you also need to have something to get you moving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, simple and grounded and such an in-depth understanding that can be gained from that. Because I know a lot of people struggle with the question, who am I, where did I come from, and why am I here? And what's my purpose here? And a lot of that can be revealed through understanding a comprehensive analysis about how, how we belong in the cosmos, how the cosmos is within and around us and how to work with all those different aspects and energies. And, yes. yeah. and it, it's interesting too, because numerology based on the birth date, I find it's often a summative, a summary of the theme in the birth chart. Ah. So I, that's something else which I would do in a reading because it's a way of helping people discover more about themselves. Interesting. I remember um, someone doing a numerology reading from for me, and it ended up being a six oh. harmonizer. <laughs> oh, a harmonizer is good, and I think you do a good job. <laughs> you're, living, you're living your life. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and that's what's helpful is knowing this. Now you can kind of attune to the kind of life to be leading, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you're more in touch with your soul's purpose. Yes. And, and you can start bringing different aspects of your life into alignment with that. You can. And interestingly, this year, the universal number is also six. So you're ah, aligned yeah. with the universe this year. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and I, I think uh, another component of this is you can use that information to help you plan how you're going to utilize your energy and information in a period of time. Because mm -hmm. there are transits, the planets continue to move and continue to interact with the dynamics of our chart. And by looking at what's coming in the months ahead, you can get a sense, it's kind of a cosmic weather report. It doesn't right. say A, B, and C is going to happen, but it gives you some tools to work with. So those things can be helpful too. Amazing. Thank you, Virginia. And well, you mentioned that this is the sixth year, so you could perhaps mention a little bit more about that and what that means for everyone as a collective in the planet with 2022 being a sixth year. And actually, um, this week we have War 222s coming in, going oh, yes, um, <laughs> up. And then we just um, still in the illumination of the recent full moon as well. So maybe yes. you can share a little bit about any of those that you think might well, be pertinent to, to um, share. <laughs> well, um, I think the only thing I would kind of share is that a six year, it's a year sort of cooperation mm. in harmony. Um, and it's a year that it will be a little bit less stressful, I would hope, than the year, the five year that preceded. Ah. Okay? So the five year is spiky. Yes. This <laughs> year is more undulating. <laughs> okay. And if anyone wants to go online, there are 15 different, 50, probably many more now, but 15 different interpretations of what a six year might mean. Oh, so wow. If you, if you Google, um, 2022 a year six meaning you could pull up all different ones and what i always suggest to my clients is 
that you listen to what resonates for you. Mm -hmm. Because um, it's, it's the fact that you, like, somehow a part of us, at some level, knows what's true, true for us. Yes. And what's relevant for us right now. So rather than sort of a blanket statement, it's to see how you respond to what you encounter. Yeah, and that takes some checking in and some self-awareness and really feeling how it resonates and where it shows up. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes people can just absorb all the information or, you know, frantically look for information, mm -hmm. but if you just allow what's coming in to drop through and allow it to go move through your belief system, because that's what happens too. Mm -hmm. It goes filters through your belief, the way you perceive things, your intuitive channels. And just noticing how that lands for you and what feels true for you. And I love um, the idea of keeping what's true in front of you so that you don't get lost that way. Yeah. Like you say, there's always so many different interpretations and information that come in. And um, as you said, know thyself. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, I, I, I throw something else in here. We know thyself. Um, Often, you know, I think we're often, people seem often to be drawn to tools. Astrology would be a tool. Numerology would be a tool. Mm -hmm. Perhaps more for self-understanding. But there are tools like tarot and other kinds of tools which can be used for problem solving or reassurance mm. at a particular moment in time. And again, I think it, regardless of the tools you use, and it will depend on people's belief systems. You know, some of my clients work with angels. Some of them would work with spirit. Some of them would work with tarot. Others would work with healing. But it's what it really is important to tune into what what's real and what's salient for you in your life at that time. Oh yeah. It may change, it may change tomorrow. But it's you know I think it's important to be tuned in. That's and, true for you now. Mm. Yeah. That's really important and a great message, Virginia. Thank you. And with all of this amazing work that you do, how is it that people can get a hold of you or learn more? Uh, well, they can go to my website at www, capital V, Virginia, capital W, W-H-Y-T-E, capital I, insight.ca. And my website will do that for you. Um, and um, certainly you can go to um, my, my, you can email www.whitehouse, W-H-Y-T-E-H-O-U-S-E, at bell.com. Okay, perfect. Or and I'll be putting C. those links below as well. At bell.ca, sorry. Dot .ca, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make sure we put that in there so people can okay. just click on and um, get in touch if they want to or do some more exploring. Um, yes. Is there anything you offer as an initial connection with people or do they, or is it just that they set up bookings for readings or development circles or? Yes, um, and if someone has a question, I would be happy to, you know, I will happy to address that in a limited way, of course, but uh, not a personal question, but if you're interested in development or growth, and there is, there is so much available online and there are workshops that you do and others and YouTube. I mean, we live in a very rich environment. Yeah. 
And if you look behind me, there are books. I have more books than I will read in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We have lots of resources, and thank you for being one of them. Oh, thank you so much for all the work that you do, Virginia, and for sharing with us today. So if anyone would like to get in touch with Virginia, I'll have all those links below. Are there any final words or a final message you want to share, Virginia, with our audience? Um, all right. Um, I would just say, may the stars light your way. Sorry, say that again. May the stars light your way. May the stars light your way. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here and joining us. And thanks to all of you. And we'll see you again next week on Wise Women Wednesdays. Bye for now. Thank you.